good morning and grand rising. We are here with another episode of the Hoodoo and Chill podcast. With me in spirit, as always, is my lovely partner in crime, as well as love and light, the one and only Latoya Alexandria, who decided to say, I'm going to step out today. I want the Divine Masculine to run the show, Seer. I believe in you. I love Cosmic. I love his teachings. And you two are going to have a great show. So without further ado, today we are have a, this is, is a, I'm excited because this is a very special episode of the Hoodoo and Chill podcast. Something to be totally honest with you all, I've been waiting to do for a long time. We have the pleasure of interviewing a doctor of many talents a spiritual brother of mine and a phenomenal speaker okay dr cosmic new age was raised in a hoodoo lineage and began receiving his grandfather's practice when he was eight years old only eight one of the last true original Gullah Geechee root workers and conjurement cosmic is a full-time prophet spiritual worker and teacher cosmic has trained and educated hundreds online and in person he is the founding prophet of the house of zion mystery school through which he fulfills his calling to train and refine the next generation of master spiritual workers so without further ado i am going to pass the mic over to our special guest of the day the one and only dr cosmic himself grace and peace thank you see for that very beautiful introduction god bless you sir so glad to be here i'm glad to have you here cosmic um today i think you are the perfect person to talk about today's topic you know i've had the pleasure of being in some of the rooms that you've hosted and you've always you've always supported and come through and shed knowledge in our room so i think today's topic is just so in alignment and i'm grabbing my notes so that i can take some notes just listening to you today Greetings. This is Latoya from HCR Love and Light Ministries. Are you new to spirituality and seeking either guidance or mentorship? Or maybe you've been practicing for a while and you need a place to call home. We invite you to join our family. Go to hoodooconjurerootwork.com to join the largest and fastest growing hoodoo network around. Here at HCR, we promote spirituality as a lifestyle and cultivate authentic practitioners on all levels. Check out the website and see what works for you. Do you need a mentor? Are you seeking classes or just access to the best Hoodoo network available? We have a place for you. Join HCR Gold today. So I guess with let's not, you know, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get started with this interview. So I guess my first question for you is going to be before we get into, you know, the Hoodoo and the Bible, but would you please just explain what it is like to be a divine masculine, um, a teacher and leader in modern day spirituality? And what advice would you have for our other spiritual men who are listening to the podcast today? 
it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of work. Be sure that you are called to this work and not that you just kind of have a passing interest or a fad in it, but that you're rooted <clears throat> in it. Um, I would, I would say to my brothers, you can't take anyone publicly any place you haven't been privately, you know, make sure that you've been there before you direct anyone else there. And the last thing I would say, um, I guess two, two pieces of advice that I inherited from my master prophet as he was mentoring me. Um, the first piece of advice I remember my MP giving me was, you are no more man of God than you are first a man. And so what that means is that sometimes your material life, your physical life, um, your mundane life has to catch up with your spiritual life and that that's healthy, that's necessary. Um, don't become so spiritual as they say, you know, the old don't become so heavenly minded. You are of no earthly. Remember that you are no more man of God than your first man. Uh, that's number one. And then number two, if I was to really have some time with my brothers, I would say, um, my mentor taught us about three particular traps that have caught most men of God, um, caught them up and trapped them. And he said it was three things, the gold, the girls, or the glory. Either you, know, you want to avoid the trap of the gold and becoming, um, you know, led by greed, that, that money runs everything, um, it's all about you, that kind of thing. So you want to avoid that. That's a, that's a snare that's waiting for, for your young brother. The second thing, the girls, you want to make sure that you have integrity, um, sexual integrity, et cetera. Um, understand that these things are going to speak to your character. They're going to speak to your character. Your integrity is going to be, it's going to be key, especially if you're someone who's teaching, especially if you're someone um, who's pioneering something. People are going to look at you um, for an example, whether they say they are or they're not, they are. And to keep that in mind, right? Um, and then lastly, the goal, the girls, and of course the glory, right? Not to become so full of ourselves, so self-righteous, so puffed up. Um, we want to uh, submit our power to a higher power. That's really the only way to ensure it does not become cor corrosive to us or corrupting. Those would be my pieces of advice uh, to the young brothers. Thank you so much. I think that's just um, a powerful way to just even open up this interview and open up this discussion. And if you are just now joining us, we are interviewing Dr. Cosmic today. The discussion will be on hoodoo in the Bible, and he has a very beautiful lesson for us today. But I wanted to just start that off by asking you that question because it's very rare when we are often given the opportunity to have 
divine masculine speak to other divine masculine or, or for us to be in more elevated places of spiritual leadership outside of the traditional church. So thank you for being here and for all of the men that listen to us all over the world, we thank you and we support you as well. You said something that was very profound about remembering that you are a man and not getting so puffed up or so overly spiritual. And also just making sure that you are called to this walk because it is, it is, it's, it's something different. It's going to change you. You are going to have to really man up and it's going to show you the man that you truly are or the one that you are trying to become. And that's something that I really personalized when you said that, because even in my own walk, it was like, you go to bed one day, a regular person, and then you will wake up and it's like the whole world is looking at you now. So thank you for sharing that with us. <clears throat> so let us uh, go ahead and get into the meat and get into what everyone came here for today. So Cosmic, I guess my first question is in your own words, what is the importance of the Bible in Hoodoo and its synchronicities? So, the Bible, obviously, if there is a book that's ever been associated with hoodoo, it's been the Bible. Um, and, and, and that's as, as far back as I can think off the top of my head. Um, it has a very deep history in hoodoo practice. If I even may say, even before it began to be called, quote unquote, hoodoo, um, before it had a, a label or a moniker to it, um, many, 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 many practitioners were using the Bible. Um, and again, I can only speak from the expertise of my own experience. I can only speak to the lineage that I have received, but I have, you know, spoken to a number of root workers from various different traditions and family lines in the South, and they have all concurred. Of course, some of them don't use the Bible now, but they've all concurred that somewhere in their ancestral history of this practice, there's been a um, the Bible as a mainstay there, whether it was used as a code for morality, whether it was used as a basis of religious faith, or whether it was used as a spiritual tool, a tool of resistance, a tool of protection and, and survival, etc. The thing about the Bible is that, number one, it is a book that not only sits um, critically in history, in the in hoodoo history, if you want to call it that, but also as terms of language. You know, if you are an English speaker in the world, okay, on some level, you are familiar with some phraseology from the Bible. Whether you grew up socialized religiously or Christian or not, if you know English considerably, um, then you know that there's a correlation there with that and the Bible. We've, we've probably spoken in some biblical idiom. We've probably made some biblical um, parallel or analogy, things as simple as, well, child, you know, that's just the blind leading the blind. You know, these are, of course, common sayings that we have, but these derive from the biblical text. 
And when you look at how deeply it's been ingrained just in our language, that's going to then go into every other aspect of language, right? How one thinks is going to go into how one prays, it's going to go into how one frames a certain worldview of their experience. We see that um, significantly all throughout our history. Do you think that because there are some people who will debate with you, right? So for those people, my question is, so what do we say to those people who say, well, you know, the Bible was used against us and it was used to enslave us. And that is true historically, but when we talk about synchronicity, right? I think a lot of people are still unaware that a lot of what we do or a lot of what was done, even in multiple spiritualities that derive from African tradition, when we bring these practices over to this land, there is a synchronicity with the Bible, but a lot of times it's from a place of hiding what was really being done. So what do you say to that? Let me put it this way. When it comes to um, false doctrines and, and false teachers, when I was growing up and, and, and learning ministry, et cetera, there was a saying that a false teacher, someone meaning to deceive you, in other words, will use the same vocabulary with a different dictionary. So they'll use the same words, the same terms, the same idioms or what have you, but they intend something else by than what you may than what you may know. And when you look at the scriptures, when you look at the Bible and you see how it is traditionally taught and presented, it has that it has that uh, that flavor to it where there is the vocabulary that's still used, right? They're still quoting book, chapter, and verse. They're still quoting or referencing this biblical narrative or what have you. But all the while, they intend something different, right? They intend this from when they read God, they're reading from their vantage point, a God of oppression. When we read God, we read one who delivers the oppressed, one who's always on the side of the oppressed who's always overturning kingdoms and nations to deliver the oppressed. There's literally not a page you can open up in your Bible where in that period of time, historically, it is not a people who's being oppressed and who is overturning that oppression. Whether you look at the Syrians, whether you look at Babylon, whether you look at Rome, if you go from Egypt, etc., from cover to cover, we see a perpetual and a continual and consistent theme of God overturning the hand of the oppressors against the innocent and against those who are being oppressed. So a lot of people ask me, you know, am I worshiping the white man's God? It would be impossible. It would be impossible. We don't, we don't even conceive of God in the same way. We don't even share the same theology about God. It's, it's, a, it's an entirely different doctrine. 
is an entirely different doctrine. And most people are going to have to, if they really want to get into they have to decolonize their Christianity, decolonize their biblical worldview or their approach to the scriptures. I, I, I think that it's, it's interesting that we are in a shedding of everything and a stripping away and a decolonizing of everything. And yet this is one area that um, has been very slow in that process. I'm so, you know, that last, thank you, thank you. This is, this is amazing. You know, that last portion that you said about there's no way that I could be worshiping the God that was presented to my ancestors because our theology is totally different, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I love that. So one thing that I think a lot of people really should start doing when you say decolonizing your mindset as it relates to the Bible is trying to personalize it as it relates to you. And one thing that I do is sometimes I will, you know, change the words around or even put myself in the scripture or, you know, things like that to make it more relatable to myself. And just even in my own journey, being someone who once upon a time shunned away from the Bible, and even though it has always been, you know, evident and present in my life, it was just, you know, went through that period of time when I just didn't really want to deal with it. But when I started to personalize it, and just like you said, so beautifully decolonizing my mindset towards it, it really does, you, you look at it so differently. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for that. Now, okay, let's, let's ask, uh, let's get a little bit more controversial because <laughs> right and, and one thing too we all have to remember is that teachers are going to teach from what we know what was presented to us what's in our bloodline and the things that you've learned from your own you know mentors or what what have you so wh what do we say to or better yet let me rephrase this question is the bible the bible is vital you, you made a very good point of, of giving it life and how it vibrates, mm -hmm. but is it required? You know, is it necessary in hoodoo? Can hoodoo conjure or root work still be successful without it? And lastly, brother, what do you say to people who don't use it? Well, hoodoo has always been a tradition and a religion of you can still use it and this not be necessary. And I mean, and, and I mean, in a sense of think about this, we as a people have been through <laughs> literally unimaginable things, literally unimaginable things. We've been through Practically everything you can throw at a people has been thrown at us. And so in that process, we've learned to be very pragmatic. We've learned in some cases to be very minimalist. You'll find that is a, still a current theme in, in hoodoo, minimalism. I know in the age of extravagance, in the age of internet vanity, that's kind of getting um, lost in the sauce, but minimalism. Okay, why? Because number one, you wanted to have things to be inconspicuous, right? There should there needs to be a covertness in the country tradition. That's, that's that's very much vitally a part of it. And in the same way, the Bible is vital, 
Why is the Bible vital? For all things pertaining to who it works. Two, two, two words right there. It works. It works if you work it. I also want to be very, very clear in me being here. This is by no means nor am I um, giving an advertisement for the Bible. I'm not here to convince anyone that if you don't currently have a Bible that you need one or what have you. This is not that. This is not that. But if you saying that you've been interested in that and you've been contemplating that, you've been toiling it over on in your mind, apparently if you've been having discussions about it internally, it's because your spirits have been having deliberations about it. Even picking up on it. So I, I want to speak to, I just want to make that clear. That being said, no, the Bible is not necessary in hoodoo. And like I said, I know a number of spiritualists and practitioners who don't use the Bible in their practice and are quite effective. For me in my tradition, it is vital. For me in my tradition, it is necessary because it grounds us. And particularly because as a prophet, that shows my, I can draw my lineage from that right i trace my lineage back to 1050 bc with samuel that's how far my prophetic line goes so for me in my tradition the bible is deeply deeply significant right the 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 bible for example is like our manual as i've said before my favorite book on hoodoo i, I get asked this all the time you know what books would you recommend on hoodoo and anyone who knows me, who asked that question, who've heard me answer that question, already knows my answer, which is the Bible. I have yet to find, and again, I, I welcome all suggestions and all recommendations. I have yet to find a book better suited for understanding, for practicing, etc., for the life of hoodoo outside of the scriptures. Every recipe, every ritual, every conjuration I get is pulled directly, book, chapter, and verse from um, the Bible. I, I, I've been taught to see it as a manual for spiritual practice, like I say, for life and godliness. So for me and my tradition, it's absolutely necessary, but it is not in the grand scheme of hoodoo, no. I want to make that very, very clear. So I want to uh, tap in and say, first of all, of course, thank you for that. You, so for me, right, mm -hmm. I have never been around any of the old folk or, you know, um, any of my mentors, anybody that's poured into me. I haven't been around anyone that specifically even says they dabbles or practices in hoodoo that doesn't have one on their altar. I haven't seen it. Um, I do know of practitioners that don't use it, of course, but from everyone that has poured into me or taught me, it was always present and always evident. And for those of you who may not necessarily feel that same pull because we're all gonna work differently. All of our practices are gonna look differently. I want you to think about it from a different place. So maybe you may not necessarily want to apply your work in the way of cosmics lineage where you know, you're know you pulling the, the rituals and the resources from the Bible. However, I still say to you, as my brother put so eloquently, decolonize your mind. Because if you don't want to use it for that, it's still a, 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 a portal. You know, someone in your family pulled strength from that Bible. Someone in your family used it. Someone 
Reddit. It was utilized somewhere in your bloodline. And then two, it's a great place for conjure if we are talking about waking up spirits whether it's for a benevolent reason or for for other reasons too sometimes the bible can truly infuriate our ancestors <laughs> to work for us in different ways so i think that when we approach it you have to think outside of the box because to just cast it aside you're casting outside a lot of really good knowledge and a, and a lot of really good energy um that you could pull into your practice so i just wanted to add that little tidbit into absolutely i would say that also <clears throat> one of the one of the biggest things i would say just coming to me um about working with the scriptures is is this a world view and a framework that the spirits adopt or that you can adopt if not, then leave it where it is. If so, if it is a worldview, if it is a framework, if it is a system that your spirit's understanding can work in, you may find they may even be more efficient in that system because of how familiar it is to them. There, in other words, there are certain, it, it, it's, you know, the Bible is like a language unto itself, right? And, you know, I, I, the question comes up, you know, can I speak to my ancestors if I only know English? So I have to learn their native tongues or what have you. But we don't have the same questions about these um, native, th these things that can be really um, native to our traditions, native to our ancestors who grew up with the Bible. Many of them may have been preachers, ministers themselves. Like, see, for example, for me, the vast majority of my teachers who were conjurers were also preachers. They're also preachers. Okay, just to kind of give a little bit of background, I don't know if Seer read that, but to give some, some real background here. I grew up holiness. I grew up in the holiness church. All right. Now, what that means is moral purity was a very, very, very big thing. Um, modesty was a very, very, very big thing. It was, but prayer was a very powerful thing. Once we got past everybody, you know, being to their ankles and knees in white or what have you, you know, you couldn't wear t-shirts or, or you couldn't wear um, short sleeve shirts or whatever. They were very religious and legalistic in that regard, definitely, okay? But one thing that they were consistent in, one thing they were consistent in was discipline in whatever area of life it was in, it was discipline. And so that represented disciplined prayer life, disciplined knowledge of the scriptures, disciplined devotion, um, discipline in worship. And so these things quickly attuned me to the realm of the spirit, how to pick up with these various frequencies. So that began to be my framework. So I just want to say that if you are curious about working with the bible see if that that may actually be a framework that your spirits may work great and may even work better in than what you currently have take it on as as an experiment and see i just want to say this because my spirit brought it up to me and if i don't talk about it i'll be badgered about it all day which is you know we do a google search all right we do a google search and we put in you know fwop all right, hoodoo, firewall of protection. All right, you'll find however many oils, uh, bags, powders, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. But firewall of protection, that whole idea, that whole concept, 
is pulled directly from the pages of Zechariah chapter two, verse five. God says to Zion, behold, I shall be a wall of fire round about you, and I shall be glory in the midst of you. You know, that's, man, this is getting really good because now my brain is thinking is, and you know, my lineage is different. I, I, I didn't come from, you know, the preachers or anything like that. A lot of the men that poured into me when it came to this practice, you know, they were bootleggers and, and gamblers and that kind of energy. You know, but everybody knows my story when it comes to that. However, even with some of the most, and I can openly say some of my teachers were not some of the best people as we, as it relates to uh, things that are socially acceptable. They even, they still had the Bible on their altar. And, and what you said was a lot of the application or the framework for the things that we do, it is derivative of the Bible. When we talk about, road opener works i mean that is pulled directly from the 23rd song um when we're talking about like smudging our home and the spiritual cleansings and walking around the house seven times you know that's directly from the bible you know oh, i don't know the story directly but the i think it was the israelites or something walking around the walls of jericho seven times before the walls came coming down and things of that nature so a lot of the framework just like you said you know as my as my brain is turning it's like yeah it, it really is derivative of um the things that we do that are in the bible like you know the washing with the hyssop and, and things of that nature so yes absolutely absolutely uh you mentioned for example about uh Joshua and Jericho, and I'm thinking a lesson I just came out of teaching my God children, which is the next chapter of that, uh, talking about the sin of Achan and looking at um, decontamination protocols. When you're getting things online from Etsy or whatever the case may be, you're getting different spiritual materials sent to your home. You just want to make sure that this material is decontaminated, hasn't picked up anything Nothing was sent along with it and divining on that. And the framework from that comes from Joshua chapter 7, where Achan, in that same story, they go into Jericho, as you mentioned there, and the walls came tumbling down. Well, in that same account, Achan goes in and he steals something from the temple there. And it causes a big issue in Israel. And Joshua has to go tribe by tribe, house by house, family by family, person by person, through divination to see where is the contaminated thing in the home. And so I, I use that as a framework to teach my students. When you're bringing things in, you've ordered something from whomever, um, who do whatever, or guru whatever, whatever the case may be, and you've ordered candles, powders, whatever, divine on that thing before you bring that thing over the threshold of your home to discern is this contaminated, whether intentionally or unintentionally. That's a biblical lesson that is drawn from the seventh chapter of the book of, of Joshua. And the scriptures are replete with such spiritual protocols as that. I hope everyone here is enjoying. If you're just coming in or if you're just tuning into the podcast today, I am here with the amazing Dr. Cosmic. We are currently discussing hoodoo in the bible it's, it's been a really great um 
session so far in interview. So if you are here, I would ask that you all please uh, tap in and follow Brother Cosmic. Please also follow our club. And we appreciate you all for lending us your valuable time. So moving forward, now we are getting into a place that I feel uh, very, very at home with because once again, this is coming from someone who shunned the Bible when I was young, when I was younger. But for some reason, the Psalms and the Proverbs always felt right. They always felt magical. There was energy there, and even if I wasn't used utilizing, you know all portions of the Bible at that time of my life, the Psalms and the Proverbs felt so at home to me. So why is the book of Psalms um, in your theology so significant as it relates to our practice? Because it always cuts to the heart. That's the problem as simple as answer. When you look at the 150, you're in the Jewish Bible, 151 Psalms, this is taking us through the range and the spectrum of those 22 dimensions of human emotion and experience. You're going to find it there. This has been one of the reasons why the Psalms have prevailed as the book of choice, right? Most people, they know anything about the Bible. They're able to quote anything from the Bible. It's either going to be John um, chapter 3, verse 16, if they're pretty religious, or psalms 23 if they're not so religious there's just something about the psalms that hits right to the heart of the issue whether you're looking at the psalms of david the psalms of asaph the psalms of moses etc these are going to bring you into whatever emotional state you need to be in for that moment or it is going to represent it is going to add words and clarity and language to a space that we're in sometimes we don't have certain words for where we are. You know, there are days when we want the teeth of our enemies broken in their mouth. We want God to punch them right square in that jaw and say, shut up. And David had been there. And they're also telling we're grieving the loss of a stillborn child. And David was also there. And there are days when we are on the run, we're in pursuit right? As he said, my enemies are greater than me, right? Deliver me. And there are days when we don't know what to do. We just, we just woke up that day, haven't even put our foot on the floor yet. And David says, when I'm overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. It's just things like that, that you just can't get around. You just, you, you, you have to look at that and pause and say, as, as David said, Selah, Think on this, meditate on that, chew on this. There's something here. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And, 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 and so depending upon your framework, it can be a mockery of the situation, which can also be quite beneficial. Who shall I fear? This credit score, who shall I fear? This rejection at work, who shall I fear? You know, this doctor's report, et cetera, and so on and so forth. What, what am I getting upset about this? Who shall I fear and of whom shall I be afraid? For the Lord is my light and the light of my salvation. In other words, why am I, why am I afraid of this? This is not the end all be all. This is not the, the source of all things. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? You gave me a pink slip today. That's perfectly fine. The Lord is my light. 
Whom shall I fear? It was God who gave me this job to begin with. I woke up one day with a dream. I woke up one day with an idea, with a vision, with a book, with a plan. Whom shall I fear? So, so there are certain things like this that are replete all throughout Scripture. You know, when you're when you're when you're in the middle of something, you're in the middle of a of a crisis, and you find the inner warrior in you. You find the inner fight in you. You find the inner lion in you. David said in Psalms one forty four, "It was the Lord who taught my hands to fight and my fingers to do battle." You know, when you had to scrape and scratch yourself, nobody gave you anything. Nobody taught you the ropes. You had to come up your own way. He said, the Lord taught my hands to fight and my fingers to do battle. So you're, so you're going to find in the book of Psalms some verse, somewhere that appeals to you where you've been, where you are, and no doubt where you will be, just emotionally speaking. And that's why I think that Psalms really prevails and why it is such a great um, doorway, a great introduction to the biblical literature, even from the Hutu standpoint. Because the thing that's really going to drive the success of your rituals is do you feel it? When you go to pray, do you feel it? A bishop once told me, and again, this is not theologically accurate, but it serves our purpose here. He said, if you don't feel it, God don't hear it. So you must inflame yourself in prayer. And when you look at the Psalms, the Psalms are verbal cues to us of what in inflamed prayer can look like. Someone asked me, is there a wrong way to use the Bible? When I saw that Dave was calling for God to break his enemy's teeth, I said, well, shucks, if I thought it was a wrong way to use it, I'd definitely been misinformed. That's the box that I think a lot of times people put on God and Christianity and things of that nature, you know, to look from a different lens to for those who may even, I guess, struggle in the area of calling out on the name of the Lord. And that's a whole nother conversation. But you said something very profound cosmic when you talked about the psalms is just full of emotion and you know i think david's story is so significant in my opinion as if, if we were to look at that from a lens of just the relationship that we have with our ancestors there is so much confidence in the psalms when they're spoken and even in the way that they're written david is speaking as if he already knows that this is going to happen why because i've seen it i mean if you think about his story when you're 12 years old and and god gives you the power to take down a a nine-foot giant with the stone at like 12 what more confidence do you need in yourself in god in your ancestors that they can get this done for you. That they've pulled you out of something before and they'll do it again. And I think for me, that's one of the reasons why I love the Psalms so much because of just, you can hear, you can hear his faith <laughs> in every word. And this is something that we know for at least a thousand years, at least a thousand years has been quoted has been sung, has been prayed, has been chanted, enchanted, etc. every way but left. And so there's a very long and very strong biblical tradition um, 
magically speaking, right? You're mentioning about David and how he fell uh, Goliath. David is a very interesting character. And, and, and I want to bring this out also because I think that a lot of people who, and this is what I found in my own personal experience when I have back channels with people or private consults with them, and they're talking about their relationship with the Bible. And they say, you know, I, I came to one of your seminars, one of your lessons, or I listened to one of your lectures, and I did not know, and I've heard, I've heard theologians say, people that have uh, PhDs behind their name, I did not know that was in there. I never looked at that in that way. And that showed me one of two things. One, as I said before, not looking at it that way. we have to decolonize right our perspective here. But also, too, a lot of people don't know their Bible as much as they think they do. A lot of people, understanding of the Bible has been quite surface. It's been taught in a very surface way. It's not really gone into depth. And so there's a lot of lack of understanding. And there's a lot of believe this, uh, or think this because I said so. And, and, and I think that's the worst way to approach anything in a way that's not going to give any kind of longevity or be sustainable at all. To the point about David, David was a rejected son. David was the eighth son of Jesse. And he was probably the son that Jesse did not want anybody to know about. There's a lot of indication there that he was the forgotten son. He was the rejected son. He was uh, a son born outside of marriage, etc., and so forth. And that had its own stigma and its own connotation in that day. Right. We see that when Samuel, the prophet, shows up, Jesse brings out all of his quote unquote good sons to the prophet to be anointed as a potential candidate for king. And Samuel himself was very enthralled by them. They're tall, they're good looking, they look stately, etc. And God told Samuel, you look at the outward, but I look at the heart. I want David. I want David. And what, and what does David say when he comes to Goliath? How does David know that his ancestors are going to come and defend him against Goliath? He says to Goliath, he says, you come against me with javelin and sword and spear and all this accoutrements of war. He said, but I come against you in the name of the God of Israel, whom you've mocked. Today, I will feed your corpse to the birds. Because the same God that delivered me from the hand of the bear and the same God that delivered me from the hand of the lion shall be the exact same who delivers me from you. There is something about the history of having a life of breakthrough when your ancestors and your spirits come through continually and perpetually time after time after time after time. When you can remember when you were in the clutches of the bear and you were delivered, you were in the clutches of the lion and you were delivered. When you're in the valley and it's just you and a nine foot giant, it looks like he's a grasshopper. It looks like he's a grasshopper. He said, I will feed you to the birds. I don't come with you with an arrow. I don't come with you with a spear. I'm coming at you with these five smooth stones with what I know. You'll find that your ancestors, when you are pressed against the wall, will begin to give you ideas. They'll begin to give you innovation, strategies, tactics that suit you. 
There might not be the way that everybody else got out of the situation, but this is going to be the way that you're going to get out. Normally, some people would come with swords and spears and javelin, the weapons of war, but we're going to take you to the stream. We want you to get five smooth stones, David, because you are very good with your aim and you're very good with a sling and it may not look like much but when you've got the right kind of trajectory and you've got the right kind of wind behind you anything is quite possible and so when i open up my bible there's a wind that hits me there's a wind that hits me when i'm reminded i was delivered from the hand of the bear i was delivered from the claws of the lion And I'm going to be victorious in this also. See, the prophet, when I pick up my Bible, this, this document, this manuscript says a lot to me because it also speaks of the case record of heaven. The case record. When I go into prayer and I say, Lord, I need you to do X, Y, and Z just like you did it for so-and-so. Just like you did for so-and-so. Wow, that was a word, man. I this this is phenomenal. I'm so glad that you know you were able to um offer us your time today, Cosmic. I really appreciate you today on this collab. Thanks for listening to the show. Do you like what you hear? Well, we want to hear from you. Join the Hoodoo Conjure Root Work Discord server. Use the link in the show description to join the official Hoodoo Conjure Root Work Discord group chat. See you there. Go to hoodooconjurerootwork.com to join the largest and fastest growing hoodoo network.